Hi friends, it's Robert Johnson. I'm back with you for another episode of Resurrection Stories. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, be sure to share this podcast with your family and friends. You can do that by going to core.org forward slash podcast. Get the link there, share it on your social media outlets and share it with your family and your friends. We're back for another amazing interview. And this person who's a part of our staff uh, has an amazing story. I want to invite all the married folks to particularly listen in today. She has an amazing story about that and and uh, how you get through tough times in marriage or maybe even possibly divorce. And so thank you for tuning in. And we're going to move now into our interview with Angie McCarty. Angie. Robert. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, first of all. Of course. Uh, and letting me do this interview for you. But we also have an announcement to make. Uh, after this interview, you will become our co-host for Resurrection Story. I'm excited. <laughs> so happy to be a part of this. <laughs> Thanks I, for I, asking. I, I think so highly of you. We, From the first time we met, the first conversation we had, is it, it was talking to you was like I'd known you all my life. You were, you're just such a great conversationist. Thanks. Your eye connection, uh, the way you make eye contact with people when you talk to them, your sincerity, your transparency, mm. it's just amazing. So I, I've been looking forward to this conversation, and I can't wait to have you on the podcast because I think you're going to be absolutely amazing. People, Folks will see that. We'll but have today, fun. But today we're doing your story. Today we're doing your story, so thank you for coming on. Yeah. Let's begin here. Just, just share with folks. Uh, what you do at Resurrection, you, and you, well, you can tell, because I know you're at Resurrection, but you're also pastoring outside of Resurrection. Yeah. But tell us about that. Tell us a little about your education background, your family, whatever else you want to tell okay. us to kind of introduce folks sure. to who you are. I went to seminary right out of college. I went to Arizona State, which everyone makes fun wow. of me for, but it was wow. free, so I couldn't say no. Um, and after... My bachelor's degree, I went to seminary and got my MDiv at Perkins School of Theology okay. in Dallas. I moved from what there. What years were those, by the way? Um, that was 95 to 99. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. You, you came right after I left. I yes. I finished in 94. Yep. Wow. The year after. Yeah. Way I cool. moved from there to Tucson, Arizona. That was my home conference. That was where I grew up and served an amazing appointment as an associate pastor for 14 years wow. and worked with someone who became a very close friend and our families were connected and he is connected with you okay. in Laurel, Mississippi and Alta Woods, here. United Methodist. Yes. Yep. That's where he grew up. That would have been yes. about 10, 15 years before you, but yeah, it's a small yes. world, especially the world of United yeah, Methodism. It is. It is. Yeah. After that appointment, I moved to Santa Cruz Valley United Methodist Church, which is in Sarita, Arizona, about an hour north of the Nogales border. And my life fell apart when I was there, when I was pastoring there. Um, in 2015, I reconnected with a man who has been on staff at Resurrection for almost 20 years now. I was at Leadership Institute and we, um, connected for two minutes in 2013. When we were both divorced in 2015, I came back to Leadership Institute and we reconnected and decided very quickly that we were gonna to move towards getting wow. married because I was in Arizona, he was here. Wow. So we dated long distance for almost two years. Wow. I married him in 
2017. Um, I took a leave of absence when mm -hmm. I moved here to try to get the family settled. We mm -hmm. were combining three kids each. Mm -hmm. So we had a Brady Bunch in our home. Um, actually, the oldest was already uh, off to college. So we had five kids at the beginning of our marriage. And we care for his sister who has Down syndrome. So she lives with us too. Uh, it Yes, it was crazy town in my house. And somehow we figured it out. But by the grace of God, we're so happy. And I'm so happy to be here. I started working at Resurrection in 2018 on the adult discipleship team. Mm -hmm. I've stayed with that team and now manage our classes and studies for uh, primarily, oh, well, only adults. Okay. I love it. Two and a half years ago, I was asked to move part-time to my position here so that I could also pastor Spring Hill United Methodist Church. Okay. Wow. A great, wow. great community. Which is located? Um, southwest okay. of here. Okay. Yeah. And my house is actually right in the middle okay. of both. So equidistance there. It's just a great church with a great spirit. They're not conflicted. They're happy, eager people who just want to love Jesus and love their community. So that's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Two part-time pastoring yeah. jobs really isn't too part-time. A little bit more than full-time. Of course, but, of course. But it's great. Of and course. I definitely feel that this is exactly where God wants me to be in yeah. ministry yeah. at this time. And that feels really good. Well, to be pastoring in two different locations, two different places, totally two different, totally different assignments, mm -hmm. uh, you must be doing what you really love. I do. Because I've never seen you where you seemed worn out or tired which means you're being energized by your work mm -hmm. and that's definitely great. that's a little jewel right there for folks uh when you find that place that thing that you're doing for the lord and for others mm -hmm. that really makes you come alive that you are able to sustain energy in a way yeah yeah so I, I've say, i'll say that about you but i'll also say yeah don't yeah. don't think too much of that because there are yeah. days when i'm really low yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. so I'm, yeah. I'm normal yeah well, thank you for being around Resurrection. People love you around here. People think so highly of you. One of the things that everybody says about you is that you are super transparent, but also you're super fun. Mm, thanks. Yeah. I'm okay being fun. Yeah. I don't know how to be anything but transparent. Yeah. I really feel like the difficulties that I've had, especially have set me up in a way to help people mm -hmm. that that people who haven't gone through mm -hmm. divorce in my case just can't uh, they can empathize yeah. but to have been there i want to use that to meet people where they are yeah. Yeah. tell yeah. it like it is tell it like, like it is. seriously like it we is. don't have enough time in our lives to fake it or um or you know deal yeah. with junk right just right. get to it. Right. Yeah, be real. Right. right. Well, why don't you do the part of that today? I want you to tell part of you. You mentioned your life fell apart. Yeah. You talked about. Tell us your faith story, mm -hmm. and uh, and include that part of the story as you do, as you wish. Sure. Uh, but including your story, the define a defining moment. Like, so, and when I say defining moment, I mean I, I think a lot of folks who a lot of our listeners may have grown up in the church or grown mm -hmm. up around church. They may have been a part of a faith tradition, but there was a defining moment when 
Yeah. Uh, it all be, kind of be, became real for them, mm-hmm. for them. And so if you'll kind of share what was a defining moment and then take us into this thing that have whatever happened and how that changed tra- the trajectory 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 ah, for you sure yes yeah i grew up in a united methodist church my mom made sure that we were at church every single sunday she was very faithful to that when i was 13 i went to a baptist church camp and had a radical conversion experience like completely changed how i looked at the world it was the traditional sinner's prayer model where I went to the front of the camp after a, a call from the speaker. And I considered that the moment that I came to faith, yeah. like a real understanding of God's love and forgiveness of my sinful nature, first yeah. of all, yeah. and, and the forgiveness that God offers. I was fundamentally different from that moment on. We fast forward and going through life um, as a young adult, I had a brief stint where I thought that Mormonism was really awesome and was ready to be baptized Mormon. And my mom went to the senior pastor at my church and said, you have to do something to keep this kid here in the church. So he gave me a job as the director of youth ministries (laughs) at, at this church. I loved it. Youth ministry became my passion. Middle schoolers were my absolute favorite. We talked about things that they couldn't talk about with their parents. um, And it was just a formative time in my life. And out of that experience was when I interpret my call to ministry came. People at that church saying, you have the gifts and graces to become a pastor. I was so ready to be done with school at the end of my undergrad. I kind of made a bargain with God, you know, like you're going to have to really show me that this is what I'm supposed to do. It always works so well when we give God ultimatums, right? But God was faithful and I interpret the scholarship that I got and the affirmation that I got from the school in that experience as, as affirmation of my call and God saying, yeah, this really Mm -hmm. is what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. Seminary was amazing. I met my first husband at church camp. So there's a theme there. We were married in 1999 and started our new life in Tucson, Arizona together. And I really- Did you meet him? So you met him I met him camp. at camp in uh, Bridgeport, Texas. Okay. Yes. I, I really was under the illusion that life was really, really good. Uh, we had been married for 15 years, uh, excuse me, 14 years in 2023 we had three kids cool kids i mean young i was working full-time in a ministry that i absolutely loved and one thursday morning i learned that my husband was having an affair with my very very close friend i don't even know how to express what that's like 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 the entire framework of my world as i knew it as a person of faith, as a woman, as a wife, as a mom, as a daughter, like all of that was called into question in a way that I could never have imagined. I had an amazing community that surrounded me and um, two couples in particular who 
really made sure that I was okay, that the kids were okay. My husband and I worked on it for a year and then he said that he wanted a divorce. So we started with that and oh my word, I was angry. I was so angry. I'm really thankful that God intervened. I can look back and say God intervened and kept me from doing something really mean and stupid that um, would have harmed him or my kids or my relationship with them. The defining moment in addition to kind of that mm-hmm. that adolescent moment, which mm-hmm. was really emotional, mm-hmm. was in 2015, after I had divorced, I went to Germany with a girlfriend of mine and we met up with another girlfriend. And so the three of us went to Munich and we went to Salzburg and it was just amazing. It was like, <laughs> I'm divorced, I can do whatever I want to type thing and wonderful trip. We went to Dachau. Mm-hmm. concentration camp as a part of that. And I'm not someone who has ever heard the audible voice of God, but in the crematorium, this place of absolute death and destruction, I felt something that just said, leave it here. Wow. Leave your anger, wow. leave your pain, leave it in this place of of death and destruction, don't take it home with you. That that defining moment allowed me to release so much that had been eating me alive from the inside. Now, that didn't mean I went home and right. everything was happy and I was great. Right. And right. I'm only great because I had a ton of therapy. Yeah. I'm still yeah. still receiving tons of therapy to work through that. But, um, but, but, in some metaphorical way, leaving it there, I believe is what allowed me to be open and healthy enough to to reconnect with Jonathan when in 2015, just a few months later, God really healed me in that place. And that was the beginning of coming back to faith and to figure out what do do I really believe? And and how can I best minister to people whose lives have completely fallen apart? Wow. wow. Yeah. It's a powerful story. It's a wild ride, man. So many so many uh, avenues we could take on that story. We've got to have you back because I know you're working on your dissertation. Oh, no, man. I'm done. You're done? I'm done. I am Reverend Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yay. You don't have to call me that. That's fine. Yeah. Finish the, the thesis. Uh, hoping to turn it into a book. Okay. Yes. That's a long that's, process that's that I know right. nothing about, but we'll see. Yeah. And that's yeah. definitely a, a yeah. passion. When the book mine. comes out, we've got to have you on. We, we, okay. we, we'll do a series of podcasts, maybe just a, a few, like three or four podcasts just on that subject because cool. there's so much there. Oh, yes. And there's so much to unpackage. And there's yeah. so much secrecy and hit, uh, so much stuff hidden in the church. About um, sex. That's right, about yeah. sex. You want to talk a little about that? Yeah, when I was in in Texas at Perkins, I connected with a woman named Shannon Etheridge. She became a very good friend of mine, but together we went to youth groups and did purity retreats, purity movement retreats that were, looking back, highly manipulative, very selective in what scriptures we taught, not accurate in some ways, and really, as an act of penance, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I 
I knew that I wanted to get my doctoral degree. I'm a learner. I love, yeah. I love classes <laughs> and learning. Um, and, and I felt like I had to make right what I had wronged or how I had wronged. I don't know how many kids during that time. I just think the church needs a broader framework for talking about sex and specifically sex, not broad sexuality, like we have been consumed with so Mm -hmm. much in United Methodism. Mm -hmm. We need to figure out how to talk about it Mm -hmm. differently because the ways that we're talking about it is harming people. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. I think there are a lot of things the way we've talked about in the last century mm-hmm. that we've got to find new ways to talk mm-hmm. about them. And it's got to be more transparent. Mm-hmm. These Generation Z and Generation Alpha, what all, all those mm-hmm. generations, they think so differently. Um, mm-hmm. They've been impacted by so many things. And so it's just, I think about my daughter who's 23, uh, Angie, and she's a part of the generation of which it is said that they've never known a world where their face wasn't on screen. Mm -hmm. So we don't even know what that looks like, how that's going to change them. Yes. Uh, And so all those kids. So we've got to talk about a lot of things differently, including the issue of sex. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So say a word to 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 um, married persons, persons who who have who were married, maybe who went through a similar deal, who are, who are really in a bad place, mm-hmm. a dark place right now. I'm sure there are probably some people who are going through that. What would you say to them? And yes. Is there right, uh, just a, a word to get them to a place of hope? Mm-hmm. There's always hope. Okay. That is the message of our faith. There has to be something better in the future than today, yeah. especially if today is that pit of darkness and despair. When our entire foundation has crumbled yeah i would i would want people to hear that it's okay to tell the truth about that 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 you don't have to come to church and have it all together that this should be the place where you can cry and scream out to god Mm -hmm. and and ask why to which there is no Mm -hmm. helpful answer um and i would also say that especially with divorce, you are divorcing. You have to think of it as a divorce towards a new life. And if you don't actively seek out that new life and do the work, I mean, do the work to be a healthy person Mm -hmm. um, who is ready for whatever God has in store, um, do the work because you don't want that part of your story to be your defining story. Wow. Yeah. 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 Leave it there. Leave it wherever you need to leave it. Uh, pick it up again if you need to, because I've done that several times. You pick right. up that anger again. Right. And don't let that story have control or power over who you are. But you have yeah. to do the hard work to oh, get to that place. man, it's which a is, lot of work. Which is telling yourself the truth. Yes. And t- what speak it, telling the truth, period. And, and always finding the place of personal responsibility. Yeah. Right? So I said wow. that my husband wow. had an affair. Oh, I was, yeah. I mean, there was a ton of things that I did yeah. in our relationship to make it as unhealthy as it was. Yeah. And I had to own that so that I didn't take that into my next yeah. relationship. Yeah. 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 It's work, man. Yeah. Totally yeah. worth yeah. it. Yeah. You do some of it. I think uh, that experience, and, and, and I dare not. I mean, we, we're, we're too 
I mean, we're, we're too experienced of God's goodness and his grace to ever say that God caused pain so that somebody mm-hmm. could learn from it. We don't, that's, that's, we think that's crazy. We yes. think that's weird theology. It, it's bad Unhealthy, theology. It's bad theology. Yeah, bad right? theology. Uh, but I certainly do think that out of your experience, you have this amazing capacity for sympathy and compassion. You mm-hmm. listen, which is part of the reason I wanted you to be on the par- podcast. You're a great conversationist, but you're also a great listener. When people talk, you tune in in a way that very few people do. Like you, you like listen to people's stories and what they're saying. So I think that comes out of that. So that's a gift that we get to experience. As horrible as that was, I, I'm grateful for the gift that because you did the hard work, mm-hmm. we get this gift of of the Angie we experience today. Right? I believe that I am a far better pastor because wow. of my experience. Wow. Yeah, I got to ask about this too. You've done some work, and I know we're we're out of time. <laughs> we <laughs> this, knew this, this conversation was going to be way over way over time. Uh, <laughs> but you've done some work with singers, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And how does that work? How's how's working with that older age group? Mm. That has to be, in some sense, part of the, your healing journey, being around those folks. Hearing the, their stories, yeah, right? That's, right. That's, it, right? that's what it's all about, that's and receiving right. strength from other people who have been there before, it, if not in the a similar situation, that's just right. knowing that we're that's all right. the walking wounded. That's right. And until we tell the truth about that right. in the church, then the church isn't being all that it could be. That's right. That's right. Um, I got to tell you this. This is, this is, this is Angie's story. But I've got to tell you this in connection to your story, that one of the most powerful moments in my life, one of the, maybe the most powerful moment since I've been at Resurrection, I went to one of the grief groups, and it was a senior, they were all seniors, and they broke off, the women went in one room, the guys went in another room, I went with the guys, and there were about 10 guys in the room, and they had all lost their spouses. And they were, so they started, they went around the room to check in, like a Mm -hmm. recovery. Mm -hmm. And the first guy goes, and he was the first, he he had the most recent death, a loss. And he starts talking and he says, you know, um, I go home and she's not there Mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do. So I just talk to her and I know she can't talk back. Mm-hmm. And he starts crying. Yeah. And every man in the room is crying. Mm-hmm. And I'm crying. And they're like looking at me like, what are you crying for? I'm like, I don't know. Because and that beautiful place of vulnerability that's right, that's right. is where God lives. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh. That's right. I'm so glad that you and to, came and to, to see staff. Them, and to see them celebrate <clears throat> their wives. I mean, that, I mean their wives are, are, are deceased. Mm-hmm. But to see these men openly weep. And talk about how much they and one guy says I have on this Cardinals uh, jersey, and I'm wearing I wear, I'm, I wear it to all of my grief groups because uh, this she wanted a Cardinals jersey so bad, and I finally bought her one, and she died. She never got to wear it, so I wear it. I know, right? Mm. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing, oh. and so uh, I saw in that group. I, I tell you, Angel, we I left that group. And that day I called Linda. We met at North Italia, our favorite restaurant. And I shared with her what I experienced crying the whole time oh. while I'm trying to tell her the story. And she reached across the table and grabbed, grabbed my hand because that was it. Now, I can't, 
explain everything that was going on. No. I do know that there was this sense of, hey, we we argued about way too many petty things, and that that made us acutely aware of the preciousness of life and how to how to value each other, and not just value each other in your heart, but to to express that value yeah. and to live that out. But I just, so every time I think about mm -hmm. you work with that demographic, that I know that some wonderful things are coming out of that as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Resurrection is a fabulous place to be in ministry. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. Nope, I'll be transparent you about that I, too. You and I are too, uh -huh. wild. we're too seasoned yep. to believe in perfect, perfect churches. No, yep. There are no perfect There's churches. Not, not a single but perfect church. Wonderful. It but is it is wonderful. It is wonderful. We get to do cool <laughs> stuff like this. Like this. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming You're on. Welcome. I look forward to us in talking to other people and pulling those yes. great stories out of them, Angie. Yeah, right. so excited for that.